Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 10th of March. In breaking news this morning, Buckingham Palace has finally broken its silence after Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's explosive interview with Oprah Winfrey. The palace has just released a statement on behalf of the Queen saying, quote, The whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. And the issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. While some recollections may vary, they are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. Harry, Meghan and Archie will always be much-loved family members, end quote. Meantime, Meghan's father, Thomas Markle, has appeared on Good Morning Britain in the UK in wake of the bombshell revelations from his daughter, saying he still loves Meghan but will keep doing interviews until his daughter and Prince Harry start talking to him again. And in spite of all that, I still apologise. I'm apologising today again. But we all make mistakes, but I've never played naked pool and I've never dressed up like a Hitler. And in more breaking news, the high-profile host of Good Morning Britain, Piers Morgan, has sensationally quit the show. He walked off set yesterday after a fiery on-air argument over Meghan Markle. The UK's broadcasting regulator has now launched an investigation after receiving tens of thousands of complaints over Piers Morgan's controversial comments. Back home now and Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt has been admitted to hospital with a suspected infection. Mr Hunt received his first dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine on Sunday, but his office says his condition is not considered to be related to the COVID-19 vaccine. He's being kept in hospital for observation and given antibiotics and fluid. Mr Hunt is the third senior federal government minister off on medical leave. It comes as the Prime Minister has confirmed the Attorney-General Christian Porter has not yet given a date for his return to work. Mr Porter remains on leave after it was revealed last week he was at the centre of historical rape allegations, a claim he strenuously denies. Here is Prime Minister Scott Morrison. At this stage, um, he hasn't advised the date he's returning. Um, I don't anticipate him to be back in the Parliament next week, um, but uh, he will give me further updates as we go through the course of this week. And we're making arrangements uh, uh, to ensure that uh, next week in the Parliament uh, that his responsibilities are handled by other ministers. While Defence Minister Linda Reynolds has extended her medical leave until the 2nd of April as she continues to receive treatment for a pre-existing heart condition. Ms Reynolds was under fire over her handling of allegations that a young female staff member was raped in her office at Parliament House in Canberra. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews is still in intensive care in hospital after a horror fall on wet stairs. A CT scan has revealed Mr Andrews broke multiple ribs and damaged vertebrae. Here's acting Premier James Molino. I don't know the, the circumstances of the fall. I just know he had a nasty fall as he was getting ready for work. Mr Andrews has been moved to the Alfred Trauma Centre as a precaution. The Premier thanking Ambulance Victoria, paramedics, friends, family, members and colleagues who have all offered their support. Also, Get Well Dan is now trending on Twitter. 
And a British-Australian academic has shared her incredible story of survival after 804 days behind bars in an Iranian prison. Dr Kylie Moore-Gilbert was jailed over charges of espionage in September 2018, describing her time in solitary confinement as psychological torture. Dr Moore-Gilbert has always maintained her innocence and has told Sky News she was interrogated, beaten and tortured. There were a few times in that early period that I felt broken. I felt if I have to endure another day of this, if I could, I'd just kill myself. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Wednesday morning. Firstly, to Victoria and a health alert has been issued with the state experiencing widespread outbreaks of gastroenteritis. Our reporter James Lake has more from Melbourne. Thank you, Tash. Yeah, this nasty bug is doing the rounds and experts think it's being spread mainly by young children at daycare centres and primary schools. GPs and hospitals are reporting cases now four times higher than the five-year rolling average. Experts say viral gastro is spread directly from person to person in most cases and the symptoms aren't very fun. People should be watching out for nausea, vomiting, diarrhoea, fever, abdominal pain, headache and muscle pain. And all of these can last more than 48 hours. The most at-risk age groups are infants as well as the elderly. Thankfully, the way to stop it is something we should all be pretty familiar with right now. Regular hand washing or sanitising and making sure we clean hard surfaces. To New South Wales now, the vaccine program steps up today with the AstraZeneca vaccine set to be rolled out across the state. The New South Wales Premier, Health Minister and Chief Health Officer will all receive the jab today. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has more from Sydney. Yeah, Tash, the AstraZeneca vaccine will start being rolled out here in Sydney from today. The first doses will be administered from St George and Hornsby hospitals with priority given to the families of hotel quarantine workers as well as the families of air crew. The Premier says it's an opportunity to scale up supply and she looks forward to being able to get the jab herself. The AstraZeneca vaccine is already being rolled out in South Australia, Queensland, WA and in Melbourne. And talking about South Australia, authorities remain very concerned after a second strong positive result for COVID-19 was found in the city's wastewater. Our reporter Sean Maynard is in Adelaide with more. Yeah, an urgent call's been put out, Tash, for people with even mild symptoms to get themselves tested. SA Health's issued a statement saying there's no source of this wastewater detection result. But anyone who's been in the CBD in the past week should seek an immediate swab if they're showing the slightest of symptoms. It's worth adding the test. We're in a catchment not linked to the Tom's Court Hotel, which is now being used by the state government to house all positive cases. It is entirely possible one or more people are shedding the virus, which SA Health's Emily Kirkpatrick says would explain these results. Certainly we do have old cases within our Medi hotels within that catchment, so that could certainly explain those uh, results that we are seeing. However, we are still alarmed with this. Yeah, this all came as two new cases were recorded in SA, a teenage girl and a man in his 60s. They're both returned travellers and that lifts the state's total to 620 with five active cases. Now, the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. And Scott, good morning. We are again defying the trends. Business confidence has hit a 10-year high. Harsh, good morning. Yeah, incredible, isn't it? The high since 2010. Now, that has some echoes, by the way, of course. 2010, we were just coming out of the GFC. And it's probable, probably even likely, that businesses are most confident coming out of something because if it's been bad just before, 
anything in the future is good any, any improvement is great so there is that but it's really i mean consumer confidence was also out recently it was at a five-year high from memory it's very much a case i think of maybe we've been through some tough times the future looks much brighter stimulus is working and businesses are, are happy prepared to spend um, doing all those things and, and that's great news for the rest of us by the way because if businesses are spending and investing they're probably hiring uh, and that should bring unemployment down hopefully touch wood it finally brings wages up as well so um yes not a lot of us are you know share shareholders or, or business owners but if that does flow through the economy, there's very, very good news. Yes, it is good news, Scott. And along those lines, the OECD has upped its forecast of Australia's growth rate to 4.5%. This is phenomenal. It was 3.2, I think, before this one. This is a big, big upgrade from the OECD. And this is for the current financial year too, by the way, not looking out all that far. We've just come off, as we talked about, I think last week, the first time we've had two consecutive quarters of 3 plus percent GDP growth. It's not super surprising, I suppose, but really, really good news. I've also held the 2022 forecast where it was. Now you say, well, that's not a big deal, except if we're growing faster this year and then the growth rate stays for next year, that actually implies more dollar growth as well. So a good couple of years, the world economy is likely to grow at 5.5% in 2021. So again, added to that business confidence news, there is very much a sense that we're back on the horse. Things are, again, not out, not out of the woods. There are still obviously health issues and economic issues for some people. But yes, hard, good, good news to look at the rest of the economy and say, you know what, things are improving. They're much better than we could have ever imagined. As I said, the OECD upgrading us by almost a full percentage point um, three months after they put the last forecast out on the back of that great GDP news. Yeah, it's extraordinarily good news, Scott. But uh, concerningly, there's thousands of steel jobs in the balance. Tell us more about this story. Yes, this one's tough. Listeners may have heard about Green Sill. It's one of those names that you don't really hear about until something goes wrong. It's a financier based largely out of Europe, run by an Australian, by the way. And uh, Sanjeev Gupta, who took over the Wayala Steel Mill and some others from Arium when it collapsed a few years back, it's got up to $6.5 billion worth of basically debt owing to Green Seal Capital, which has put itself into liquidation. In a worst-case scenario, if the administrators call in that debt and Gupta's business can't get more funding, it will be placed into administration, and that does jeopardise the operations of the business and up to 6,500 jobs. Now, there are hopes that we will be able to find some other way of keeping those that company and those jobs afloat. Hopefully, other financing will come to the fore or something else may be able to solve it. The government, of course, involved as well. But after you know, three, four, five years after these businesses um, were, were saved and those jobs saved by G- GFG and Gupta, it's really, really a, t- a tough thing for them to be going through again. This is a profitable business these days, by the way. In the past, it collapsed because it was terrible. This time, it looks like just the, the financing is the problem, uh, but it may well cause some trouble, at least in the short term, for some of these workers and for that business. Yeah, a lot of jobs at risk there. Scott, thank you very much. Thanks, Ash. <laughs> for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, we start with quite a bizarre story. More off-field dramas for Newcastle and Mitchell Pearce. Yes, good morning, Tasha. Newcastle now denying that Mitchell Pearce suffered a thumb injury in a street fight, insisting it did happen at training. Now, this came in a bizarre press conference where Adam O'Brien was announcing that Pearce has signed a one-year deal, then went on to say that he's not a violent man. So why was he saying that uh, when there's an off-field incident that we hadn't heard about? That emerged uh, last night on Fox League. Paul Kent from the Daily Telegraph saying that he put that to the Knights at some rumours that he was involved in a fight. Uh, they are denying that. Our league legend Mark Guy says that this all may explain why Pierce was only granted a one-year contract extension. I just feel as though his off-field exploits have followed him into the 
the bargaining room as far as contracts go. And unfortunately for him, his, his off-field dramas have, have affected the way people think and look at the way he plays. Team sheets are out as well. Benji Marshall named on the bench for South Sydney. Of course, they open the season against the Storm tomorrow night. Now to the AFL, Britain, the Blues won't have their star recruit for the traditional season opener against the Tigers. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, Zach Williams, of course, coming across from the Giants as a free agent. It was a a really careless incident with uh, Hunter Clark, a a bump in the opening seconds of their community series match where it was a glancing blow to the head. Now, Hunter Clark got up and and continued to play on, but because of all the issues surrounding concussion and the AFL wanting to protect players' heads, uh, last night he went to the tribunal. He tried to argue that the impact was low and not medium. The AFL uh, tribunal disagreed with that, so that one-match ban does remain. Now his teammate Eddie Betts will train again today. He's on the comeback trail from a calf injury. He played in a VFL practice match against the Saints last week. He's hoping to prove that he is over that calf injury and can line up against the Tigers next Thursday night the AFL season kicks off. And he's certainly a gentleman on the tennis court. When will we see the Fed Express back in action, Brett? Yeah, yes, good news, Tash. That will be uh, tomorrow morning, so 1am our time. He will play Dan Evans of Great Britain at the Qatar Open. Looks like he'll play the clay court season as well, and we haven't seen him on court for around a year. So good to see Roger Federer back playing tennis. Brett, thank you so much. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now this Wednesday morning. Possible storm on the way for Brisbane, 31. Cloudy and 26 today for Sydney. Partly cloudy and 21 for Melbourne this Wednesday. Partly cloudy conditions also expected for Canberra. A little warmer today, 26. 21 and mostly sunny today for Hobart. Partly cloudy, 27 for Adelaide. Possible storm, 32 for Perth and a shower or two on the way. And a top of 32 also for Darwin. How good is this? What a beautiful way to start your weekend with an early mark on Friday afternoons. Victoria's Property Council is calling on businesses to give their staff a shorter workday on Fridays in an effort to revive Melbourne CBD. The Fab Fridays program would see staff finish at around 4pm with free events put on in the city to re-inject life into the struggling economy. And discussions are now underway with the City of Melbourne. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning and you can catch the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.